Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Let's put our hands together. Let's thank the Lord for what we fill in the house this morning. Amen. God bless you as you make your way back to your seats. Thank you, Urshan Corral, for such a tremendous job this week. Uh, we honor you today, Brother Kevin Howard, this great group of students. <clears throat> and then, of course, the Life Church. If you're from Life Church, I wish you'd make some noise right now. I hope you know that you are blessed beyond measure being part of such a wonderful church. Amen. If you're not from Life Church, would you give a big hand to this local church? Just show your appreciation to them. We honor this local church, everyone that makes all of this happen. You know, a meeting like this, it, it doesn't just... Uh, it doesn't just um, pop up overnight. There are a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of planning and preparation and hard work and late nights and early mornings and long hours uh, that goes into all of this. And so if you are somebody here and you perhaps work behind the scenes. I honor you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's all stand. I want to go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. And let me just say, you just heard a masterpiece of a message. Bishop, wow. Wow. That's all I can really say is wow. And, and not only was it a masterpiece, but Bishop, it was evident to everyone in this room that your heart was in every word that you said. And I honor you today for believing in this generation. I just got to tell you, I don't know if this side over here heard it, uh, but when you walked over here to this side and you let out a let's go, that fired me up. Uh, would you let out one of those right quick? Can you? That makes me feel quite a few things. It makes me ready to preach, and it makes me ready to snatch ankles on a basketball court. I, I don't know. Urshan, what's up? What's up? Y'all ain't ready. Y'all got quiet on me. Amen. We got some Louisiana folks in the house. Where's the Louisiana folks at? Y'all failed the vibe check, bro. Y'all... Brother Howard, I love you. God bless you. Brother Braden, Brother Randy, love and appreciate them. Louisiana boys in the house. Amen. What an honor. What a privilege it is to be here at such a special meeting. I truly believe this meeting is marked by God. And I said it last night, but it bears repeating. This is not just another meeting. This is a pivotal meeting for lives and ministries. And I thank God for a generation that is willing to hand it off to us and trust us with this end time revival. Amen. I love my friend, Brother Justin Gleason. God bless him and his family. You know, this is only my second passing the mantle, but I feel, this is how strongly I feel about this connection. I feel like I've been here the whole time. God has just connected us so strongly. And I honor this family. Thank you for allowing me to be a part. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 
6. Isaiah 9 and verse 6. <clears throat> For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Somebody say forever. The reason that it says there shall be no end is because when God started this kingdom, he had no intention on this kingdom ever coming to an end. It is a forever kingdom. And I want to read 1 Timothy 1 and 17. We're going to journey over to the New Testament. 1 Timothy 1 and 17. The Bible said, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory. When? Forever and ever. Because when God started this kingdom, he had no intentions on this kingdom ever coming to an end. Aren't you thankful you're part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know that, that we've laughed and we've cut up a little bit for the first part of my time up here, but I do feel a strong touch of the Holy Ghost in this room. And so when it comes to this kingdom that you and I are part of, <clears throat> you have to understand that there is a flow to this kingdom. There is a flow to this kingdom, and that's what I want to talk to us about. The flow of the kingdom. The flow of the kingdom. It's not a temporary flow. It's not a momentary flow. It is a forever flow because it's a forever kingdom. Amen. It's the final service of Passing the Mantle 2022. What do you say we do it right? Come on, what do you say we do it right? Let's go out with a bang here today. Can we do that? Let's go out with a bang. Would you lift your hands and would you close your eyes and would you just... Ask the Lord to help us here today. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. <clears throat> you know what? I, th I think we, we need to do that one more time. Let's do that one more time. Somebody lift your hands and lift your voice and let God know we want something from you this morning, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. The flow of the kingdom. The flow of the kingdom. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much for standing. <clears throat> there are many kingdoms that have... Um, that have existed since the beginning of time... And they have played their role in time and history. And of all of those kingdoms that have existed, those kingdoms had a beginning, but they also had an ending. But you and I are part of a kingdom that had a beginning, but it has no ending. We are not part of just some nonprofit organization. We are not just some group of people that gather together on Sunday and Wednesday. But we are part 
of the greatest thing that has ever existed on planet earth. Anybody glad you're part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ here this morning? And God is wanting to raise up a generation that is not satisfied with visiting the flow, but he wants to raise up a generation that lives in the flow of the Holy Ghost. One thing that you need to understand about the flow is that there is always a flow. You don't ever have to fabricate a flow. There's nothing you can do to manufacture a flow. We didn't bring the flow with us. We, we didn't create the flow. The flow was already here. Every service that you will ever be in, there is nothing that you can do to create or fabricate or manufacture the flow of the Holy Ghost. There's always a flow of the Holy Ghost. You just have to find the flow. And once you find the flow, you have to be sensitive enough to the flow to learn what to do to remain in the flow. You see, a lot of people think that the choir creates the flow or that the preacher creates the flow or that the musicians create the flow. No man creates the flow. They just find the flow and they stay in the flow. And so... God doesn't want to raise up a generation that is satisfied with just getting in the flow and getting out of the flow. He wants to raise up a generation that literally becomes part of the flow. Where your entire life is submitted to the current of the flow of the Holy Ghost. And so... You never create a flow. You just have to find the flow. And once you find the flow, you have to learn what to do in order to remain in the flow. You know, prayer, I've often said, is the greatest tool that God has ever given me in learning how to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I was in a revival in 2020, and I'd been there probably eight or nine weeks at that point. And it was a Sunday, and I was getting ready to walk up on the platform to preach. There was a young man. I say young. I'm still young. 29, still young. Praise God. And there was a young man, younger than me, that came up to me, called of God was on his life. And he said, Brother Herring, I want to know, how do you flow in the Holy Ghost when you're preaching the way that you flow in the Holy Ghost when you're preaching? And I just responded with a very simple answer. And I said, I flow in the Holy Ghost when I'm preaching. The same way that I flow in the Holy Ghost while I'm praying. I know how to flow in the Holy Ghost behind the pulpit because God taught me how to flow in the Holy Ghost in my prayer closet. I know what angels feel like in a church service because I know what it feels like for angels to visit me in my prayer closet. And so everything that takes place in a public setting like this is nothing more than an overflow of the flow that I am in in a place of private devotion to God. And and we've got to learn how to not just visit the flow on Sunday and Wednesday. We've got to get to the place that we are committed and devoted and saturated to the flow of the kingdom that I'm preaching about here today. And that's a lot of the reason that we we have to depend on such an entertainment culture and such a consumer mentality in the kingdom of God. That's why it takes 20 and 30 minutes of singing and preaching to get some people connected to what God is doing in the atmosphere. It's because they have not been in the flow all week long. And then they show up on Sunday 
And we've got to move a bunch of carnality out of the way to get them connected to what God is doing. You want to know what would turn North America upside down? Is if you'd learn how to spend time in your prayer closet every day of the week. And when you walk through those back doors on Sunday, it doesn't take 30 minutes to get carnality out of the way. But when you come into the house of God, you're already connected to the flow of the Holy Ghost. Come on, is there anybody that is hungry to not just visit the flow, but to live in the flow of the kingdom? Thank you, Jesus. And if we're not careful, our carnality can try and control the flow. But you can't control the flow of the Holy Ghost. You just have to submit to it and go wherever it takes you. You can't, you can't box in and control the Holy Ghost. And I have noticed in Pentecost that we have turned prayer into a performance-based concept. And what we do is we will, we will focus on one hour in a 24-hour time period. And when the clock reaches 60 minutes of prayer, we'll mark the box on our spiritual to-do list. And the problem with that is, is we'll acknowledge God for one hour of the day. And we will ignore God for 23 hours of the day. That's not living in the flow. That's visiting the flow for one hour and then living outside of the flow for 23 hours. But if you can ever learn how to spend that time with God, whether it be 30 minutes or an hour or two hours or three hours or whatever the case may be, when you are done with that time of devotion to God, I would challenge you the rest of the day to live with a God consciousness and live with a God awareness. That is praying without ceasing. And... That causes us to visit the flow and not live in the flow. And so, when it comes to prayer, that is the greatest key that God can give you to unlock the flow of the Holy Ghost in your life. And it is my custom whenever I'm home, on the rare occasion that I am home, to go up to my home church late at night when nobody's there and to spend time with God. And we understand that when it comes to prayer, we're going somewhere, just, just stay with me. When it comes to prayer, there are some days that you wake up, Bishop, and you've really got to work for it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There are some days you wake up, and I mean, you've really got to do some digging. You've got to labor for it. You've got to toil for it. You've got to work for it. But then there are those other days where you can just wake up in the morning and you can send your spirit out into the atmosphere and just begin to feel after him. And it's like that flow is just tangible. It's like you don't have to work for it. You don't have to labor for it. You don't have to do any digging. You don't have to tarry. You can just reach out and you can just grab the flow of the Holy Ghost. But you don't get those days without enduring the days you've really got to work for it. A lot of the problem with this generation is we feel like every time we go to our prayer closet, we've got to tap into some deep intercession or warfare or travail. And when we show up on those days and that emotion is not there, we get discouraged and we think something's wrong with us. Nothing is wrong with you. God's just trying to teach you relationship. He's trying to teach you relationship. And I remember it was, it was one day that I was home and I woke up one morning and I, I just sat up and I just began to pray and just, talk to God. And Bishop, it was, it was one of those days that I didn't have to work for it. I could just reach out and I could just, I could just feel the flow of the Holy Ghost. And 
from that moment that I woke up, I felt God drawing me away to a place of prayer. I felt God asking me to shut off the distractions and come away with him and spend time with him. And in my carnality, because I tried to box in the flow of the Holy Ghost with what I was comfortable with and with what I was familiar with, I missed a moment with God. And all day long, I could feel God drawing me away to a place of prayer. And I remember, I'll never forget it, I kept saying, God, later tonight, I'm going to go up to the church when nobody's there. And I'm going to spend time with you. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to walk with you. And I'm going to talk with you. And no matter what I did throughout that day, I could feel the Holy Ghost drawing me away. And as the day began to go on, and as hour after hour passed by, I kept brushing off that invitation. I kept I kept trying to control the flow of the Holy Ghost and finally about midnight rolled around and I went up to the church and I walked into that dark sanctuary and I began to pace back and forth and I began to walk around and I began to pray and I began to talk to God and it seemed like God took the flow and he just shut it off. And I remember saying, God, You've been asking for me to come pray all day. I'm here now and I'm ready to talk. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, next time I ask to speak to you, let's do it on my time, not yours. I I was trying to control the current of the Holy Ghost, but can I tell you, when you get to the place that you live in the flow of the Holy Ghost, God can interrupt your schedule anytime he gets ready. And I know that we're not comfortable with that, but that's a lot of our problem in this hour. We want a revival that we can quantify. We want a move of God that we've got a metric for. We want a flow of the Holy Ghost that we can put in a box, but this end time revival will transcend every bit of our human expectation. And, and there is a biblical precedent for this because in Luke chapter five, the Bible said that Jesus, he stood on the shore and then it said that he launched out a little from the land. And then finally, the Bible says in Luke chapter five that he thrust out into the deep. And when he got into the deep, he looked at Simon Peter and he said, let down your net. And what did Simon Peter do? He responded and said, but master, we have told all the night. He was trying to box in the deep. He was trying to box in the flow with what he was comfortable with and with what he was familiar with. But I want you to know here today there was some truth and there was some error to what Simon Peter was saying because in other gospel accounts the Bible said that Peter toiled all the night but he did not toil in the deep. Other gospel accounts say that Simon Peter was standing on the shore and casting nets into the shallow. So yes, Simon Peter, you have toiled all the night. You have labored all the night, but you've not labored in the deep. But if you can ever take your labor to another level, there will be a breakthrough in your life. Can I tell the apostolic church, God's not asking us to change our labor. He's just asking us to change our level of our labor. He's not asking you to stop praying. He's just asking you to go deeper with that prayer. Come on, I need some help this morning. He's not asking you to stop teaching Bible studies. He's asking you to take it to another level. He's not asking us to stop dancing and stop shouting. He just wants to know, will you take this to another level? Somebody let God know you want to go to a place in the spirit that you've never been before. Praise God. And and there is a progression. There is a progression to the flow of this kingdom. And I'm going to tell you, if we want to break through in this hour, we got to take what we are doing and we have got to go to another level with it. 
We've got to take it deeper than we have ever gone. We've got to pray greater than we've ever prayed. We've got to fast greater than we've ever fasted. We have got to take our church services and go to a depth in the spirit that we have never gone to in all of the generations before us. And there is a progression to the flow of this kingdom that I am preaching about here today. Because when you read your Bible in Ezekiel 47, the Bible said that Ezekiel saw, he saw a river and it was flowing out from the temple. And it started at the throne room of God and it began to flow out of the gate eastward. And he said there was a man with a line in his hand and he began to measure the flow of the kingdom. And he said it started ankle deep. And then and it went knee deep and then it went waist deep and finally Ezekiel said I got so deep into the flow that it was waters that I could not even swim in can I tell you here today why there are some people that like to stay in the shallow it's because when you're in the shallow you can still feel the flow you've got the emotion of the flow and the reason people like to stay in the shallow is because they like the emotion of the flow on Sunday but not devotion to the flow on Monday but I believe God's raising up a generation I believe God's raising up a generation that'll say God I don't just want the flow on Sunday I want the flow on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday is there anybody in this house that'll say God I want to go deeper than I've ever gone not just on Sunday not not just at passing the mantle, but every day of the week, I want the flow of the Holy Ghost in my life. Thank you, Jesus. It is the same flow, but it is a different level of commitment to the same flow. God will, allow, God will allow you to enjoy the emotion of the flow in ankle deep waters, but you'll never get to the deep end if you're just satisfied visiting the flow on Sunday and Wednesday at your local church. God will let you enjoy the flow at passing the mantle, but you'll never get to deep waters if you're just satisfied visiting the flow once a year at passing the mantle, but not living in the flow the rest of the year. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help us go to a deeper place in the kingdom of God than we've ever gone before. And they like to remain in control. When you're in ankle deep waters, you can stay in control of the flow. You can enjoy the flow, but you can remain in control of the flow. You don't have to submit to the flow. You don't have to go where the flow wants to take you. You don't have to walk how the flow wants you to walk. You don't have to talk how the flow wants you to talk. You don't have to dress how the flow wants you to dress. You don't have to listen to what the Holy Ghost tells you to listen to. You don't have to stop watching what the Holy Ghost says to stop watching. But I believe there's somebody in this room that'll say, God, I'm ready to lose control of every part of my life of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end you want to know why we have a lot of lack of peace in the apostolic church it's because God does not have control and God does not govern every part of your life if you want the peace of God in your life you got to let him govern that area of your life I want to know is there anybody in this house that'll say God you can have my future you can have my marriage you can have my my ministry you can have is there a young person that'll say you can have my playlist God you can have what I watch you can have who I date you can have every part of me let's lift our hands all over the house and let's reach after the flow of the Holy Ghost Come on, you need to release that to God. Whatever it is. Sandolobo Shatarama. 
I'm telling a father in this house, if you'll relinquish that thing to God, there will be a peace of the Holy Ghost that comes over your life. I'm going to dig on this a little bit because I feel like somebody's in a wrestling match in their spirit. I feel like you've got some inner turmoil. There are even some of you college kids, you're worried and you're stressing and you're anxious about something, a decision in your life. I want to let you know if you'll give it to Jesus and let him have control of it, there will be a peace that you don't even understand that will come over your life and God will let you know I've got this. And that that flow of this kingdom that I'm preaching about, it is a powerful flow. It's not a small, weak, uh, babbling brook, but it is a mighty river, and it will push every bit of debris out of the way. It'll push driftwood out of the way. It will remove every boundary. It will remove every resistance uh, and every opposition out of your life. I'm going to preach on that a while. You're facing opposition. You're dealing with resistance in your ministry, resistance in your job, resistance in your kids, resistance in your family. But if you can just get the flow moving, it'll push away every opposition. And Ezekiel said that flow, he said that flow, it's got trees on both sides of the river. And this is what he said about those trees on both sides of the river. He said they bear fruit every month of the year. Can I tell you that revival season is not just at passing the mantle, but revival season is every season. There ought to be somebody that shouts and says, we're not going to visit the flow at passing the mantle, but not have revival the other 51 Sundays of the year but every Sunday is revival Sunday come on every Sunday you can see the miraculous does anybody believe what I'm saying we have tried to relegate revival to a special speaker or a special scheduled service we gotta break the box you can't schedule the flow Let's lift our hands in the house and let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. 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 And he said that flow when it begins to move. He said that flow. He said every dead thing that comes in contact with that flow will come back to life again. Somebody in this house needs to hear me in the Holy Ghost. Your old prophecy is not dead. Your old dream is not dead. Your ministry is not dead. Your future is not dead. You just got to get it reconnected to the flow of the kingdom that I'm preaching about. You ought to pray until you feel that flow in this house and I promise you what you thought was dead will resurrect back to life you feel that river starting to flow in this house Come on, you feel that river starting to flow in this house? Why don't you lift your hands and wade out a little bit deeper? You ought to get past ankle deep waters. You ought to get past knee deep waters. And you ought to go to a place in the spirit. You can't control it. Shayala Mandala Bohuranda Lamaha Katala Bohusha. Mm. 
Bishop, you said something. You said something in your message. You posed a question. You asked us if we wanted to be a one-hit wonder. A flash in the pan. I'm going to tell you what God's trying to do with this generation. He's trying to raise up long-tenured voices in our movement. Because we have seen... In days gone by, guys get shot to the top seemingly overnight. Flash in the pan. But what I'm seeing in this generation is God is taking young men and young women and he's hiding them for a season. And he'll open a door here, he'll open a door there. And it's like there's just a slower but steady incline to a place of influence in the kingdom. And I'm not talking about political influence. I'm not talking about influence that gets voted on. And I thank God for organization, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about influence in the spirit. Influence in the kingdom. Because when you look at the first two kings of Israel, you will see that there are some kingdoms that have a beginning and have an ending. But there's another kingdom that has a beginning but no ending. Whenever Saul was anointed, he was anointed with a vial, which represents a drop of the anointing. What does a drop do whenever it falls? It comes to an end. That's why the kingdom was stripped from him. His kingdom was like his anointing. It had a beginning, but it also had an ending. But whenever David was anointed, he was not anointed with a vial. He was anointed with a horn. And what does a horn imply? It implies a flow of the anointing. What does the flow do whenever it falls? It saturates the person from the top of their head down to the soles of their feet. That's why the Bible said when he was anointed, the spirit of the Lord was upon him from that day forward. His kingdom was like his anointing. It had a beginning, but it also had an ending. Saul was an overnight success but David was tucked away on the backside of nowhere anointed to be the voice of a generation and a generation after that and a generation after that God's not looking for Saul's God wants to raise up David's so here's what I feel the Holy Ghost asking this generation is those two men responded to their anointings very differently. But when the prophet showed up to anoint Saul, he told him why he was being anointed. But when the prophet showed up to anoint David, he did not tell him why he was being anointed. Saul knew why he was being anointed, but David didn't know why he was being anointed. And you know how Saul responded to his anointing overnight on the throne, out of nowhere, an overnight success. And let me just say this, Adam and Eve, they never had to go through the process of creation. They just woke up and there was the Garden Eden. It is amazing to me, the first overnight success was the first to fall. I'm trying to help a young man in this house because you've got your foot to the pedal and you're saying, when God, when God, when God, you don't know what God's trying to save you from. If there's anything I could tell this generation, it would be go far, not fast. Because if you're so focused on the pace, you've missed the pursuit. God is more worried about your pursuit for him than his pace for you. And if you get the pursuit right, the pace will always be right. Man. Saul got lifted up in his gifting when he knew why he was being anointed. And he said, I don't need a prophet in my life anymore. I don't need to be submitted to authority anymore. He got arrogant in his gifting and the prophet said, when you were little in your own sight, the Lord anointed you to be king over Israel. But when David got anointed, 
He didn't get lifted up in his gifting. He said, I got to go back to the field where God called me from and I got to stay devoted to what the father trusted me with. Well, I feel in the Holy Ghost, there's some of you, I, I, I just, I keep being drawn over here to Urshan. I feel in the Holy Ghost like some of you, you're still trying to get your legs under. You went to Urshan, you knew that the call of God was on your life, you knew that you were anointed, but you didn't know exactly why you were anointed. And you're still trying to get your legs up under you and you're trying to figure out, when I graduate Bible college, am I going to be an evangelist? Is God going to call me to pastor? Am I going to go plant a church? Am I going to write music? Uh, am I going to be a worship leader? And I, am I going to be an administrator? You're anointed, but you don't know why you're anointed. But let me give you a revelation. You want to know what you do with an anointing you don't know the purpose of? You keep doing what you were doing when you got anointed. David said, I'm, I'm anointed, and I don't know why I'm anointed, but he didn't get lifted up in his gifting. You want to know what David did? He went back to the prayer closet. He went back to devotion to the Father. You might not know why you're anointed, but just keep doing what you were doing when you got anointed. I feel something breaking in this house. Let's lift our hands all over the house. Thank you, Jesus. What you did to manifest the anointing is what you must continue to do to maintain the anointing. What you did to possess it is what God requires of you to perpetuate it. Don't get lifted up in your gifting and think, I've got the flow now, so I'm not going to keep taking care of what the Father trusted me with. You got to go back to the field and you got to keep doing what you were doing when God anointed you. Because God doesn't want to allow you to just visit the flow and be satisfied with a drop of the anointing where you're anointed one day, but you're not anointed the next day. He wants to raise you up with longevity in the kingdom of God to perpetuate a flow that had a beginning, but it does not have an ending. Your metric for success has been wrong. You have looked at influence and affirmation from man as the metric for success. You have equated man's affirmation and approval with my affirmation and approval. But I have come this day, saith the Lord, to rewire and recalibrate your heart. Where your heart does not seek elevation and open doors from man. But where your heart seeks elevation and open doors from me. I am extending my hand today with giftings and anointings and ministries. But the only way you get what is in my hand. Is if you turn your face back to my face. And turn your heart back to my heart. For so long you have sought my hand, but you have missed my face and my heart. This day, saith the Lord, seek my face, seek my heart, and I'll give you what's in my hand. There ought to be a young man and a young woman that runs to this altar right now and says, God, I just want to be used by you, but more importantly, I just want you, God. 
I don't want to be a flash in the pan. I don't want to be an overnight success and then fall. But God, I want to be used by you. I want longevity. I don't want to start and stop, but I want to be a part of a flow that's a forever flow. Mandolo boho rondolo boho sha Mandolo I want you to listen to me here for, for just a moment. I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to me. We've spoken a lot about transfer here at Passing the Mantle this year. God is transferring to the next generation. And when that transfer took place from Moses to Joshua... The Lord spoke to Joshua as he was getting ready to lead them into the promised land. And he said, you've never passed this way heretofore. He was talking about the Jordan River. But when you study the history of Israel, that seems contradictory. Because they've crossed the Jordan River before. But what God was saying is, you've been in the flow before. But not like this. You want to know what's different about the Joshua generation than the Moses generation? God was saying the banks of the Jordan overflow during all the time of harvest. He was saying you've had revival before, but not like this. You've been in the flow before, but this time the waters are deeper than they've ever been. And in this transfer... God will not allow us to have a revival unlike any generation before us if we are not willing to go deeper than any generation before us. Brother Barnes prophesied before he died. He said that he said God and the church are going to be moving side by side in the same direction. And he said but in the end time God's going to make a shift. And he said, those that are satisfied with just good church and just going through the motions and religious tradition, he said, they're going to miss the shift in the spirit that God makes. And they're going to keep on going. And God's going to allow them to keep just having good church. He said, but those that are hungry and ready to go to a place in the spirit they've never been, he said, they're going to be sensitive enough to pick up on that shift in the spirit and they're going to make the turn with God. He said, the danger is those that miss it, God will never come back to help them course correct. That shift has already taken place in our movement. God is calling this generation to submit to the current of the Holy Ghost and take you places in the spirit that no generation before us has ever gone before. It's like I feel that angel. I just keep feeling that angel walking by me, and I'm going to tell you why he's here. He's here with the same purpose of that angel in Ezekiel 47. He's measuring the depth of this generation. He's wanting to know, are you satisfied with just staying in ankle-deep waters where he allows you to feel the emotion, but you can avoid devotion? Are you satisfied with that? Is that really what you're satisfied with? bahata <clears throat> 
All right, here it is. Here it is. This is not just for this generation. This is not just for this generation. This is not just for the Isaacs. This is also for the Abrahams. Watch this. Watch this. Abraham dug some wells. And in Genesis 26, the Bible talks about how Isaac went to Gerar. You know, Isaac could have gone anywhere and dug his own wells. But instead, he went to where the last generation had dug some wells. And he said, I'm going to dig wells where the last generation dug wells because I know there's something here he was looking for. You better listen to me, Isaac generation. You don't need to go looking somewhere else and dig some wells. Those elders dug some wells with Acts 2.38. Those elders dug some wells with outward holiness and separation and inward holiness and separation. Those elders dug some wells with the fivefold ministry and the gifts of the Spirit. Those elders dug some wells with the oneness of God in Jesus' name, baptism. And there's some elders here through the years. You dug some deep wells in the Spirit. But just like the wells of Abraham, the Philistines came along and filled them with earth. They filled them with flesh. I feel the Holy Ghost calling some elders in this house. Jesus. To get the flesh out of the way of those old wells you've dug. I'm talking about elders. You've dug some deep wells of prayer and fasting through the years. But somewhere along the way, there was some flesh that got in the way. And when Isaac, when Isaac went digging the wells of his father and got all the flesh out of the way, here's what the Bible said. It said that he found there a well of springing water. You know what that is? That's a natural flow. That's a flow that's created by God. It's not temporary. It's forever. He found there a well of springing water. In other words, because he went to where the last generation dug wells, he found a flow the last generation did not find. That's where we are in the kingdom right now. We're re- hold on, I'm not preaching for applause right now. I'm preaching for you to get a hold of this in your spirit. Because if we want the last generation's fruit, we better connect to the last generation's flow. Transition will always take place in a flow. Elijah and Elisha went to Bethel and they went to Jericho. But that's not where the transfer took place. You want to know where the transfer took place? It took place at Jordan because the last generation understood I got to take the next generation to the flow and if they're willing to stay where the flow is they can handle the mantle that's going to be passed down to them so here's what we're going to do every hand raised every eye closed if you're still in your seat I'm inviting you to this altar would you come I'm asking some elders to press your way up to this crowd Matter of fact, I think it'd be good if there'd be some elders that would come find a young person to join hands with. The wells of Abraham and Isaac, they're about to be redug together. Would you come, elders? I'm asking you, moms and dads, I'm asking everybody. Everybody, would you please step Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.